Thank you for joining us here at I-80 Sports, and you are here with us for I-80 Sports NHL, our Atlantic Division Preview. Thank you again for joining us here at IAD Sports. Make sure you follow us on our website, IADsports.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at I80 underscore sports NHL and follow all the action on IAD Sports on the Facebook group, the IAD Sports Discussion Group. I'm Brian. He's Tom. Tom, how you doing? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. We um as I've been mentioning in previous episodes, we're we're in the gold days of November. But I just recently read, maybe five minutes ago, that any certain teams are starting to recall the players they have on loan over in Europe. How true this is, I don't know. But my theory on this is, is that if they're doing this now, this may be to get them back over here so they can quarantine for two weeks, so they can maybe hit the ice on December 1st in ant- anticipation for a January 1st start. Now, don't don't quote me on this. This is just a theory of mine. But I'm thinking more and more and more that sides are maybe pointing to that January 1st start that everybody's talking about. So we'll see what happens within these next few weeks, but that's definitely a, um, a positive sign, I guess you could say. I also think it's a positive sign as well. I think, uh, if true, that teams are uh, recalling their players from Europe and overseas, that it could only mean that the quarantine period is going to be beginning soon in anticipation for a January 1st restart date for the NHL regular season for the 2020-2021 season. But we're going to give you those updates as the week goes on. There is some rumors and talks in the mill saying that we could be getting some more news about this upcoming season as the week rolls on, which if that's the case, you can make sure you follow us on Twitter and the Facebook group for all the quick hits and our reactions to that. But today we are giving you a preview of our first Eastern Conference division, the Atlantic Division. So that being said, what teams are we going to be looking at today? Well, I am so glad that you asked because the teams that we are focusing on first and foremost we are looking at the boston bruins some key additions for the boston bruins center uh greg mckeg and forward craig smith some key losses and of course one of their top defensemen tory krug and joaquin nordstrom on to our next team the buffalo sabers some uh, big additions and losses across the board here some key additions here cody eakin of course taylor hall Matt Irwin, Tobias Reeder, Eric Stahl, and their first-round pick, Jack Quinn. And some key losses in micro for leak, Marcus Johansson, Johan Larson, Wayne Simmons, Vladimir Sobotka, and Jimmy Vesey. The Detroit Red Wings. Some key additions here just because there's so many names. Some key names that I want to highlight here. Goalie Thomas Grice. John Merrill, Vladislav Domestikov, Bobby Ryan, Mark Stahl, and their first-round pick. Number four overall, Lucas Raymond. And some key losses in Justin Abdelkader, uh, Madison Bowie, Trevor Daly, Jonathan Erickson, and longtime goaltender Jimmy Howard. The Florida Panthers. Some key additions across the board. Radko Gudis, Vinny Henestroza, Patrick Hornquist, Marcus Nudavara, Alexander Wenberg, Carter Verhaeg, and Anton Lundell, their first-round pick. Some key losses here in Josh Brown, Evgeny Dadanov, Eric Halla, Mike Hoffman, Mike Matheson, Mark Pizik, Colton Savore, and Lucas Walmark. Some major losses there, but we'll get into that in a little bit. 
The Montreal Canadiens, some key additions here, Josh Anderson, goaltender Jake Allen, Joel Edmondson, Tyler Toffoli, and their first-round pick, Caden Gooley. And key losses in longtime defenseman Carl Alsner and Max Domi. The Ottawa Senators, some key additions here because we have a lot of additions here. Evgeny Dadanov, goaltender Matt Murray, Austin Watson, and two first-round picks, number three overall and five overall, respectively, Tim Stutzla and Jake Sanderson. And some key losses in Mark uh, Borvieski, Craig Anderson, Anthony Duclair, Ron Hainsey, and Bobby Ryan. The Tampa Bay Lightning, some key additions here. They haven't done anything yet, to be honest. They've only re-signed players from their Stanley Cup-winning team, but key losses in defensemen's Zach Bogosian and Kevin Shattenkirk and center Carter Verhaeg. And lastly, but not leastly, the Toronto Maple Leafs. Some key additions here. Zach Bogosian, Travis Boyd, TJ Brody, Aaron Dell, Wayne Simmons, Joe Thornton, and Jimmy Vesey with key losses in Tyson Berry, Cody Cece, Kyle Clifford, Andreas Janssen, and Kasperi Kapanen. So there is a lot to unpack here, as usual, as we've gone through these division previews. Um, but we're going to start with our offseason winners. And we're, when we're talking about our offseason winners, we're talking about who we feel made – the most out of the moves that they made this offseason. Maybe they're not going to finish number one in the division, but they've certainly put themselves in a great position going forward. So, Tom, I'll start with you. Who do you feel won the offseason in the Atlantic division? Well, I've um, I've mentioned, or maybe I haven't mentioned, but I I think that this is still maybe the strongest division in hockey. Um, and if there was a team that's won and tried to get themselves better and tried to get themselves to jostle into the playoff position in the contenders division, it's the Buffalo Sabres. I really do think that they were the winners this offseason. They brought in um, Eric Stoll to play behind Eichel as that second-line center. Now they bring in Taylor Hall as a winger to play alongside Eichel. They're really trying to appease Eichel, and they're really trying to appease their fans. You know, you forget they have Rajma Stalin. You forget they have um, – Dylan Cousins in the system, and now they have Jack Quinn in the system. You know, I think that they're really trying to turn a corner up there in Buffalo, and they're trying to put a winner on the ice for maybe the first time in 10 years. And, I mean, even that team in 2010 was sort of a stroke of luck by winning the division. I mean, I would say maybe they're trying to put a team out there that fans can be proud of since those teams of uh, Daniel Briere and Chris Drury. I really do think that if I had to pick a team that won this offseason, it's got to be the Buffalo Sabres. They made strides to get better after Jack Eichel called them out and said, we need to get better. We need to make this team better. They've gone out and done it. I do agree with you. I do like what Buffalo did this offseason. The other team that I want to highlight here is Montreal. And I know you're a little bit divisive on this one. I know you know, we kind of differ in opinion on this one. I do like what Montreal did this offseason. I think adding Josh Anderson and uh, Tyler Toffoli are big, big additions to a team that needs – more productive forwards where I feel like Max Domi had a bit of a down year this past year and they sold, you know, not necessarily high, but they just didn't like him as a fit for the Montreal Canadiens going forward, you know, but you know, where uh, Columbus didn't necessarily want Josh Anderson, but they wanted Max Domi. It was the inverse for Montreal. So this could be a move that pays off for both of those teams. Um, I just, think that so long as with Montreal, so long as Carey Price stays healthy and competes at his normal level, which, you know, if you don't know, Carey Price's normal compete level is one of the most elite goalies in the entire league. 
Montreal could spoil one or two Atlantic te- uh, Atlantic teams' dreams for the playoffs. I think they do have that capability. Whether they make the playoffs this upcoming year, it's left to be seen. I think there are other clear winners that could kind of upset them, but they could play spoiler to other teams. So there are winners. There are losers. Tom, who's your offseason loser? Unfortunately, and it's a team that really didn't do anything terrible. But it's just a team that just had bad luck. And it's the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, you know, all season last year, you know, everyone was saying that they were the front runners for Lafreniere. And obviously, you know, with the lottery, you're never a front runner for a number one overall pick. It's a luck of the it's kind of luck of the draw. You know, and then everyone said, and I even remember saying, I'm like, I know that you know, everybody knows knew Alexi Lafreniere, but I remember them being very, very high on Tim Stutzla. And well, they struck out on that one too, unfortunately. And by no fault of their own, no fault of their own, you know, they drafted Lucas Raymond, which I was actually very surprised at. I didn't think he would go that high, but I just don't think you're going to even see him over here this year. I really think Detroit, even though they are the biggest losers this offseason, I think they wanted to be the biggest losers this offseason. I really think that they have their eyes on not even next year's draft, but the 2022 draft with the three-headed monster of Wright, Savoie, and Lambert. I think that their eyes are on getting one of those guys in two years and maybe just getting a depth guy for his 2021 draft. But um, I, I Detroit, that's, I just I, I can't think of anybody else in the division who had more damage done to them uh, than Detroit, and it was unintentional, but still. I tend to agree slightly with that one with Detroit. I think they had have added new tools in this offseason where they dumped some of cap depth that, was kind of dragging them down. They didn't, you know, get rid of all of that cap hell. Um, but, you know, dropping a Justin Applicator is big. Dropping a Jimmy Howard is big. You know, especially for cap relief going forward to maybe make a move in the next year or so to kind of, you know, get themselves out of the cellar. Um, but we'll kind of go into our thoughts on who might be in the doghouse later on. Um, you said that you felt like this is a team that kind of lost more than what they gained. A team that I feel like that lost more than what they gained, Florida. And I just feel like they made moves for moves' sake. I just feel like I didn't like the Radko Gouda signing the day it happened. I still don't like it now. I They did not need Radko Gudis, and they did not need to overpay him either. You know, they lost key pieces in Mike Hoffman and Evgeny Dadunov, and they did not replace them. And I know what you know. some of you are thinking. No, adding Alexander Wenberg, Patrick Hornfist, and Vinny Henestrosa don't make up for a potential loss in production that you had in just Mike Hoffman and Evgeny Dadunov alone. You know, yeah, you still got Alexander Barkov. Yes, you still have Jonathan Huberto. But, you know, these guys aren't your entire team. You know, and you need productive pieces around them. And I just think Hoffman and Dadanov were better than Wenberg, an aging Patrick Hornfist, and Vinny Henestrosa. Um, Anton Lundell, however, is a great pick, but he won't be here for at least a year. He still needs seasoning. And look, they still have strong pieces, but I can't help but feel like they could have done better here. I just feel like there was so much more potential to Florida's offseason, and I just feel like they went out and spent money just to say, hey, we went out and spent money. You know, we did what you guys asked us to do, which sometimes, you know, spending money is not always the route that you need to take. Sometimes you need to make smarter moves. And I don't think Florida made smarter moves. Moving on from our offseason winners and losers. Now we're going to be talking about our Atlantic division favorites. Who do we think could win 
the Atlantic Division in this upcoming season, 2020-2021. So, Tom, who's your pick to win the Atlantic Division? I'm going to come way out of left field with this one. I'm going with the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now, I know in the past, everyone has said that, oh, well, you know, they have all this money, they have all this talent, and they didn't, they didn't get by. Well, if you saw what happened last year, you fired Babcock. You heard about the terrible person Babcock was to these young guys in the locker room, especially Mitch Marner. Now, they brought Sheldon Keefe in. Now, Keefe came in, came in, and he had to deal with all the backlash from Babcock, and then COVID hit. You pretty much gave Sheldon Keefe a watering can to put out a five-alarm fire. I'm sorry. Sheldon Keefe is a coach that everywhere he's gone, he's won. And I guarantee if you give these guys one year with Sheldon Keefe with full control, you're going to see them playing to the best of their abilities. You're going to see this Toronto Maple Leafs team that everybody thought was going to be a juggernaut finally be a juggernaut. Now, I know that there's still some cap issues there. And I know that Marner's name has been kicked around a little bit. The trade rumor still in. Maybe they will move Marner. Say if a defenseman becomes available, you never know. Say if Drew Doughty, for argument's sake, becomes available to L.A. and they move Marner over there for Drew Doughty. But I still think that a coach like Sheldon Keith, who has been able to turn every single team he coached into a winner, I think he's the perfect guy for this job. For a, for a team that was damaged by Mike Babcock, who just was a terrible human being, for, for, our, for, for lack of a better word, I really think a full year under Sheldon Keith is going to benefit these guys and you're finally going to see this team play to, play to the potential that everyone predicted a year or so ago, two years ago, rather. And I think there is some validity in what you're saying. I think I could see a Toronto Maple Leafs team emerging as a potential Atlantic uh, winner, as well as maybe one or two other teams that could emerge as your Atlantic Division winner for this upcoming year. But if we're going with my choice here, look, I like the Maple Leafs. I want to like the Maple Leafs more, but my mind has been trained at this point not to trust Toronto teams, especially just with their past. But to me, I think the team with the best chance of winning the division this year is Tampa Bay. The team who won the Stanley Cup this past year, their Stanley Cup winning team is still together, and this team can only get stronger over the course of this next year with more chemistry to build. You know, you have a healthy Steven Stamkos that could make a return and make a major impact, and you might see a more productive Tampa Bay team, which is scary to think because they were scary productive to begin with. And this is a team that is growing together. Yes, they have some question marks going forward. Maybe you need to dump a little bit of cap going into the expansion draft in the summer when Seattle makes their presence known in the league. But this is a team that's still set up for success going forward. And look, yes, I know what people are going to say. Yes, I know the Boston Bruins still exist in this division, but I just don't see them beating out Tampa Bay, despite how good you know both squads are. I just think that Tampa Bay has the leg up on Tampa Bay. I think Tampa Bay has the leg up on Toronto as well. Uh, when you go across the board, when you go and rank forward groups, defense, goaltending, special teams, I feel like Tampa Bay takes three out of four on both of those teams currently. That's why they're my Atlantic division winner. But like I said before, there are winners, there are losers, and somebody has to finish last in this division in this pretty strong division. So, Tom, who finishes last in the Atlantic division? I'm going with Detroit. I mean, I guess you can make an argument for Ottawa, but – um. In terms of bringing European prospects over, I do think you're going to see Tim Stutzla over here this year playing for Ottawa. And I think just having him in the lineup and the kind of player he is may get them some wins, especially if you have Stutzla and Kachuk out there. And if they 
if they have the chemi- if they have some good chemistry, then it's it's Detroit, man. It's I just they're 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 I understand what they're doing, and I I just don't see them pulling off some miracle season this year. It's it's them. Yeah, I mean, I think it's probably Detroit, only because I like Ottawa a lot more this year, and I'll get into that in a little bit. But I that being said, Detroit's probably going to finish in the bottom this year. But I really like the direction that this team is going. I think they can be a strong team in the next few years, and I think they will be a really strong team in the next few years. You can mark my words on that one. But right now, this is a team that is too inexperienced and has too many holes to fill with younger players with no experience currently in the NHL. And that's not a knock on any of them. I think uh, Zadina will be a very successful player in the NHL. I think Joe Valeno will be a successful player in the NHL. I think Lucas Raymond, eventually when he crosses over into the NHL, will be successful. But you're really relying on two major players right now for the Detroit Red Wings in Dylan Larkin and Anthony Mantha. And they have to carry the team almost by themselves right now. And that's tough for any team, especially in such a stacked Atlantic division. So that's honestly why I feel like they're going to finish at the bottom this year. But like I said, they're improving across the board and they've only got a couple more pieces that they need to fill and the rest will come together through, you know, just grooming and through development. And I think Detroit could be a team in the next few years that we're looking at like, wow, this is our Atlantic division winner, but that year is not yet. But before we close out our Atlantic Division preview, we want to highlight maybe some teams that might surprise us in this upcoming year. Maybe a team that could play spoiler. Maybe a team that could emerge to you know, win the Atlantic Division or maybe finish in the top three. Or just maybe a team that might surprise us in general. Maybe a team that you know plays significantly better than the year before. So, Tom, who's your surprise team to look out for? Okay, I'm going to go back to Buffalo on this one. Because I mean, I know that they've improved, and I really think those improvements are gonna are gonna take shape on the ice this season. Now, I know you had spoken about Tampa and Boston earlier. I've mentioned in previous episodes. I really just think that the age is finally gonna catch up with the Bruins this year. I think the Bruins may be a seller at the deadline. I think that they are trying to give this core one more shot, but I just think that the glory days in Boston are over. And you had mentioned Tampa earlier too as your division winner. Now, uh, Tampa won the Stanley Cup. They're a good team. Every year you have that cup hangover. Some teams who win the cup are not the same team the following year. Another factor with Tampa Bay is this, is that the cap, they still have a, they still have some cap problems, and they may have to move some, some more players before we start this season on January 1st or whenever we start because we still don't know that yet. We're hoping January 1st, but we don't know. And I know I picked Toronto to win this division. But if Tampa steps back and age catches up to Boston, I could easily see Buffalo leapfrogging both of them and finishing second behind Toronto. And then we got a little uh, battle of the Peace Bridge and the QEW going on. And, um, you know, the little Toronto-Buffalo rivalry, which is which was sort of a thing, sort of not, you know, it'll come, it'll come full circle again. So I could easily see Buffalo finishing second in this division behind Toronto. I really could if, if the cards fall right. I think you're right. I think if the cards fall right, I think Buffalo is the team to watch. For me, I can't believe I'm saying this this year because last year, if you told me I've been saying this team, I think I would have said you're crazy. But I kind of like Ottawa as a surprising team. And the reason why is they've got young pieces that are ready to make an impact at the NHL level, and they are feisty. You know, Brady to Chuck leading the charge in this young, developing team. 
is huge. And this is also a team that has probably the most underrated defenseman in the league in Thomas Shabbat. Uh, and I love their addition of Matt Murray. I don't think he is going to be the savior that you know some people are thinking is going to be put onto his shoulder in Ottawa. I don't think he's going to be this Vezina winning goaltender, but I think he's got absolutely an upgrade over Craig Smith. I think he's absolutely a player that, or not Craig Smith, uh, Craig Anderson. I think he's absolutely an upgrade over that. And I think Ottawa has a real good chance of surprising some teams this year. That Yeah, they might not earn a playoff spot this year, but they're going to jump significantly. I don't see them picking at the bottom, like near the top of this draft in this upcoming year. I actually see them maybe hovering towards the middle of this draft. If the cards fall just right for them, I actually think that they are in the win column this year. I think they can be a either just missing 500 for their record or right at 500 for this upcoming year, which would be a massive improvement for Ottawa. And that's a testament to the building that they've done for their prospects in their prospect pool. Tim Stutzler could make an impact this year at the NHL level. And eventually, once you get Jake Sanderson in the fold as well, look out. This is an Ottawa team that could come back with a vengeance and seek vengeance for their Eastern Conference final exit a few years ago. But those are our opinions. What do you guys think? Who do you think is the Atlantic Division winner or loser or offseason winners and losers? Talk with us. You know, we're always looking for conversations. Real quick before we go, speaking of, you know, conversations, I did want to highlight our Twitter poll and give you the results of our Twitter poll from this past week because I asked our faithful who would win the Atlantic Division and who would lose the Atlantic Division. So in the Atlantic Division, the poll options were the Tampa Bay Lightning, the Boston Bruins, the Toronto Maple Leafs, or other for who would win the Atlantic Division. And it was pretty decisive. 64% of the vote went to the Tampa Bay Lightning. 29% of the vote went to the Toronto Maple Leafs. 7% went to other and zero, a resounding 0% to the Boston Bruins. So some people (laughs) agreeing with you and I, Tom, some people agreeing with you and I. And then finally, who's going to finish at the bottom? The options that I gave for this one were the Detroit Red Wings, the Ottawa Senators, the Buffalo Sabres, because I had to put somebody there and they finished at the bottom last year. So I put them there this year and other. So consensus again, 75% of the vote went to the Detroit Red Wings. 25% went to the Ottawa Senators. And if you're just as good as math, uh, than I am, you know that 0% went to Buffalo and other. So <laughs> it seems like a consensus that the Red Wings or the Senators will finish near the bottom. But you know, join us on Twitter so that way you can join these surveys as well. So that way you can take part, you know, drop comments, you know, in the comments section. So that way you can catch up with us and everything that we have to say. But thank you guys for watching our IAD Sports uh Atlantic Division preview. Please make sure that you check out our website, iadsports.com. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at IAD underscore sports NHL. Make sure you drop a follow for us. You know, we are always looking to grow our elite. And make sure you also follow us on Facebook at the IAD Sports Discussion Group. I've been Brian. He's been Tom. This has been our Atlantic Division Preview.